When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Churros, the Tacticas podcast. We are here on a Tuesday after a great weekend where Real Madrid scored five goals and Vinicius and Kamavinga are pulling away from Ansu and Pedri in the GOAT debates. And offense is back on the menu, boys. Defensive chaos is back on the menu. And we are here to talk about Champions League. We have four really big games in the Champions League. Barca, Bayern, Real, Inter, Villarreal, Atalanta, Atletico Porto, all bangers, all, all headliners to talk about. So we are here to start getting underway on that process. And obviously, Diego Lorin is here as well. Diego, how are you, my friend? Uh, I'm good. I'm uh, mixed feelings about tonight's match. Excited that the Champions League is back, of course. But to have to... St- Start this uh, European top competition with a juggernaut of a beast coming to visit the Camino that uh, instantly, of course, brings back memories of that traumatic A2 thumping that we received the last time that we saw them. It's needless to say that, yes, I've got mixed feelings about this one. Um, and also, leave Ansu out of your mouth, please. The man is still injured. The boy, the kid is still injured. All right. Before we make comparisons, I know I know this ties into what we talked about last time. I and mean, Beanie has had a great weekend, and uh, he's doing good. The boy's doing good. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm full of smiles today after that after that performance. But look, it's a little bit unfair to you because Barca didn't even play this weekend. So who knows? You could have won six nil, and um, six goals from Luke. With from six, six goals from Luke the Young, that would be a hell of an intro for you to take. So, um, how are you feeling about tonight's game? Are you worried? Are you anxious? Do you feel, do you feel like something bad is coming, or do you feel confident that this, you know, this new look Barca could maybe surprise us and and give us something special? Um, a little bit of of all of the above, actually, Kian. Um. And initially, I mean, right off the bat, like I said, obviously, um, anxiety or, or fear, rather, 
um, is certainly an over overwhelming emotion when thinking of uh, what tonight can happen. It's, I think, mm, fair to say that right now the confidence in head coach Rono Kuman is not at his highest point. Uh, this uh, international break has been full of um, sort of back and forth statements, indirect statements for that matter, um, between Kuman and uh, club president Juan Laporta. And you know, from what we have seen as well um, as a season or, yeah, since the, the, the beginning of the season from the team, uh, it doesn't inspire the um, most amount of confidence uh, that this team has ever uh, managed to to uh, emit. And, and, you know, add to that, of course, the long list of injuries, uh, in particular up top, where, where Kuman will not be able to count on players the likes of Ansu Dembele, uh Aguero, for that matter, uh, Braithwaite now also out uh, for four months, roughly. Um, you know, it leaves you with a front line of uh, Memphis, Luke. And, and, and if Kuman were to be daring, maybe Yusuf, maybe Collado, most people, and uh, I would agree, you know, I would probably agree to that. Uh, are uh, of the assumption that Kuman will come out with a defensive line of five and uh, so five defenders and that in and of itself already goes against the grain goes against what many you know believe uh, that ought to be Barca's philosophy attacking philosophy which is a, a, a an unconditional uh, 4-3-3 formation um an unconditional rather and and um you know we should never stray away from that so um i think there's a lot of yeah uh, fear surrounding this match that that we could perhaps relive uh, a night where you know we get embarrassed um now it also I think to add to that, when we talk about confidence and why I have mixed feelings is because um, over these past, what has it been, 10, 12 years, whenever Barca has um, started the league, uh, the Champions League campaign at home, we've never lost. In fact, uh, we've always started out the uh, Champions League campaigns uh, winning in emphatic matter, uh, in, in, in uh, convincing matter by a large goal um, uh, margins. And um, now, you know, you can you could argue certainly the case can be made that Barca has never had to face, um, you know, one of the most informed sides of Europe at the beginning of the Champions League campaign. I think that's true. I think the most, uh, yeah, the biggest, let's say, team that, that we've had to face in opening games in the Champions League were Juventus, AC Milan, Ajax, um, and I might be missing one, but I believe that that those three are uh, certainly at the top of the list. Um, so, but it's it's we need to hold on to something. Uh, I think you know if we kind of come out tonight with our shoulders shrugging, saying, "Well, you know, Bayern are the better side, and we have nothing uh, to do or to say against them." Uh, I think that's you know the wrong attitude to take, and I would sincerely hope that these players come out with more of a chip on their shoulder and and. Uh, the code as well for that matter um, and come out with the intention of having something to prove and but at the same time being very realistic Kian and and and, and I'm not going to lie by saying that you know right now I think a draw would uh, be as good as a, 
good of a result uh, of any, uh, for that matter. Um, so I'll, what I'm saying is I'll, I'll sign on for a draw at this point. I, if I was a Barca fan, I would too. And I mean, look, you're both going to qualify from this group. I, I think that's pretty, yeah. I think we're both, I think everyone's pretty confident about that. Um, but you do want to go in with as much momentum as possible into the to the next round and as much pride as possible and confidence. And I, and I look at this as, like, if I'm a Barca fan, I would have been a lot more confident heading into this game if you actually have everyone available. It really sucks that you don't have everyone available because you look at Bayern's team, they're pretty much healthy. I think I mean, Gnabry yeah. is the one notable absentee, but Correct. other than that, Alfonso Davies is in the squad after picking up something on the international break with the great Canadian national team. Um, Pavard and Lucas Hernandez are back, which basically picks their, their starting back line pretty, pretty easily. On, I, I suppose it depends on what they do with Sule. They put him on the right or Pavard on the right or who they put in the middle. It doesn't matter. But they have a pretty full-strength lineup and they're in form. And Lewandowski might be the most informed player in the world right now. I don't know, but... It's just well, he was a doubt, but he he will play. But he was a like doubt until yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it looks like he's in. Uh, so, but I, I guess my point is, if from the beginning, and you just had healthy Ansu there, healthy Dembu's there, this lineup with these young players at their full health, at their peak, is actually a pretty decently exciting core to roll with for the future in the post Messi era. But it's just, just a variability of the health. And obviously, Ansu and Dembus aren't there. And one name you didn't mention in your lineup, and I'm just curious, I don't know if you forgot him or it's because maybe it's just not realistic, but a name that I thought of is, what are the chances we see Coutinho in a game like this with, with the injuries, maybe as a left attacking forward? Do you think that's on the table or no? no not yet. Chance? Listening to Kuman's press conference yesterday, I don't think that, not as a start, you know, I think he will count on Coutinho as the season progresses, but, and he said, you know, he needs minutes. So uh, by that, I guess, implying that he will give him minutes, but not minutes right off the bat, as opposed to a Luke de Jong. I think we'll see Sergio Roberto uh, be included in the starting 11. I think that's why we'll see a backline of three of, say, Longley, Piqué, and um, Araujo, excuse me. Um, probably... And, and and with Jordi Alba and, and Sergio Roberto as the you know the the fullbacks running up and down the pitch, that's that's what I imagine with with just uh, two up up down, Luke De Jong and Memphis. Are you going to be at the camp note tonight? No, I'll be hosting the show from the studios. Okay. Um, yeah. <clears throat> do we are we going to pretend that the whole off the field stuff is not going to happen. It's not happening. Like the Bartomeo and all the things that have been discovered, like in the last 24 hours, do, do we, is this a football podcast? The Bartomeo stuff? Yeah. Are we going to dive no. into that at all? You want to save it for Friday? No, jump in. Like what? I, I, I didn't know there was Bartomeo news. I know there's a lot of stuff being said uh, between Laporta and Kuman. I thought, but well, what, what's the Bartomeo news? <clears throat> I honestly, if you're asking me, then this podcast is in a bad situation right now because you're the one who's supposed to know this stuff more than I am. But um, there were just um, more proof of a couple things that I read this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, one is that the they found tw- four at least four Twitter accounts that they can now basically prove that were pushing things on his agenda. Um, 
that were managed by the, by that social media company. The other one was that yeah. he actually took a lot of the club's money and pumped it into anti-Catalan independence um, initiatives. I and I don't and I don't want to elaborate any more on that because I, that's all I know, and I'm not the person, I'm not the expert to talk about it. But uh, I guess this is a long-winded w- way of saying this. In addition with the the Kuman Laporta stuff. Bukuman, by the way, said the relationship is fine. So take that with for what you will. But do any of these off-field distractions matter? Does it affect the team? Uh, again, I, I'm uh, surprised that I haven't heard about it or read about it. I'm not surprised at all by the revelations. I think that you know right. the proof already that come out uh, was pretty self-explanatory. Uh, self-explanatory. Um, what bothers me much more are the statements coming from the Bayern camp of your, you know, your heinouses yeah, and company where, you know, they say that, uh, you know, basically Barca used to be a, a, a model that they w- were trying to follow and replicate, but that nowadays it's, uh, not at all. And that it's, uh, you know, a club in, in, um, in disarray and that, um, well, everything has been done wrong. Basically it just, you know, those kind of comments mainly because the truth hurts, I guess are, are kind of comments that, uh, uh, yeah, that, that are bothering me more than let's say, you know, Bartomeu uh, revelation, I was going to say revelation or another Bartomeu, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, look, it's like basically like it's, it's revealing that the sky is blue with clouds. Right. Yeah, we know. Exactly. Um, so the, this, for the listener's sake, here's the quote from Uli Honus. He says, David Alaba once told me, my dream is still to play in Barcelona one day. Then I said to him, do you want to negotiate with the president or with the insolvency administrator? Barca is no longer the role model for us. Um, now, to be fair, I mean, he could be... T- I mean, a lot of this is probably directed at the previous regime, although maybe there is still concern that Barca, whether they can pay their debts or not. I don't. So this is something, I don't know if you remember this, but Uli Honis also had a quote about uh, Sami Kufour, who, who used to play for Bayern, obviously, and Kufour wanted to go to La Liga, and, and he also said publicly, don't go to Spain because they, they won't pay you on time. They're, they're, they're behind on payroll. And so he's said stuff like this in the past. Um, but yeah, I suppose it's, you know, these are kind of shots fired things to say before a game that whatever they seem unnecessary to, to kind of randomly just throw in there, but I don't really have the context for this quote entirely, but um, so there is a little bit of maybe off field, just do you think tension heading into this game, which makes the game on the field potentially more fun. So I'm all for it. Um what about on the field? Do you, is there any any other thoughts that you had? You know, I'm kind of interested to see Alfonso Davies versus whoever you guys play on the right. Whether it's um, well, who do you think will play right back? Sorry, this pots and pans slammed around in the background. Is uh, it is it uh, Bartomeu and Laporta in your kitchen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, sorry, you said you, you're looking for, uh, forward to which matchup? Davies versus whoever's on your on your right wing. So, um, tell me, like, just walk me through well, who it, you think is going to play there. It, it it would 
like I said, I, I think we're going to see Sergio Roberto out on the on the right. Um, so do I look forward to seeing Davies uh, blast <laughs> by uh, Sergio Roberto? It's it's not really something I'm looking forward to. Um, uh, look, I'm 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 interested in seeing about... how the midfield will link up. Uh... Sorry, I was I was going to ask you what any any chance that Mingesa might start at right back. We've seen Mingesa play right back before. We have, we have. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if Mingesa's form right now uh, will allow him to, to uh, uh, have enough trust in him to uh, play in as a starter. Um, we've seen him uh, use Roberto as uh, kind of his go-to when it comes to, um, you know, different positions on a field, uh, whether it's in the field or or uh as a fullback now I, I prefer roberto as a fullback i have to say um but uh that said i um uh, it's it's not a player that, that uh, inspires necessarily a lot of confidence neither um with what we've seen from him i think uh we've seen solid performances uh not stellar performances come from Sergio Roberto and um with everything that Bayern will be you know throwing at us uh, uh from the from the right side with uh Nabri and, and and Davies um you know I think they'll have their work cut out for them um like I said what I'm more keen on seeing is how uh, young Pedri and Busquets will, will link up with uh, two forwards, uh, the likes of Memphis and Luke. I'm interested to see if Memphis and Luke, um, you know, maybe hit their stride uh, and, and get back into the form of their PSV days. PSV days, um, who knows? But, um, you know, I, it's it's this match for me is coming a little bit too soon and uh i think it's in one way maybe good to get out get it out of the way in the fact that we're allowed to face or we're facing Bayard at home um certainly adds a little bit of uh uh positivity for barca for the reasons that i just explained before because barca tends to uh hit the ground running in, in a positive way in the champions league um but right now, with all the you know the the, the injuries um, and um, the fact that Bayern are in fact in really good form, I, I thought initially that Bars or that Bayern rather, uh, seeing that they've had a change of of management, um, you know, with Flake going out and Nagelsmann coming in, that they would need that they needed more time to adjust. The, their preseason uh, was pretty underwhelming. And, uh, but ever since then, I mean, they've, you know, they've, they've just, they once again, showed the, the incredible form and incredible team that they are. They're like a well-oiled machine where, you know, players like Alaba can come out and um, they don't really seem to notice or care as Lewandowski continues to be older, but uh, still scores a ton of goals. You know, they put 12 past uh, Bremen, I think it was, and, and also over the weekend uh, facing Leipzig, uh, beating them comfortably. Le Leipzig a side that, of course, um, uh, is a very good side themselves. So, you know, right now, this for me is coming at the wrong time. Um, and it's it's hard for me to answer your question truthfully, uh, Kiana, at this point. If, if, you know, is there any matchup that I'm excited to see? 
uh, excited is the wrong word. It's more like are the matchups that I that I'm dreading to see, and then you know I could I could fill up an entire podcast talking about that. Well, uh, to it, it's an interesting point that you bring up. Like maybe you would have rather this matchup to come in March after mm-hmm. Hansu and Dembus have had like two months maybe of playing together with Memphis and Pedri de Jong, they're all in stride. Everything looks good. Um, having said that, I think it's also valid to think, well, let's get this out of the way now. And to make you feel any better, regardless of what happens tonight, I don't think it means that much for the rest of the season. Um, this is still far from what Barca's potential will be. Not everyone's available. And to make you feel better, even if it goes really bad, in the 1999-2000 season, Real Madrid played Bayern Munich twice in the group stages. We lost 4-1 in Munich and 4-2 in the Bernabeu and got absolutely, absolutely annihilated. And then we won the Champions League that year. And <laughs> so I just I don't know if that makes you feel better or not, or it just makes you revisit the pain of Real Madrid being shitty and still winning the Champions still League. Still winning Champions Leagues. So more, uh, more that. Yeah. So, <laughs> but my point is, whatever happens tonight does not really indicate impact. what how the season is going to go. Yeah. Well, no, but I'll tell you something else. If Kuman loses tonight, loses against Atletico in early October and then the classic later in late October. Jordi Cruyff is uh sitting just next to Laporta. Jordi Cruyff? But he's not think, gonna be the coach. And I think I think there's a reason for that. I don't know. I'm just I'm planting a seed. I'm planting a seed, Keanu. This is this you sh- this is patron edition stuff, man. <laughs> you can't be just giving away all this juice on the free episode. Um, that's true i'll delve into it more in front all right well you know that's even that is a long way away the classico is over a month away almost two months away really so let's see let's uh this is all premature talk but but i i do like i do like where you're going with this um so there's no chance that we would we would drag chabby in mid-season right he wants to have the full season if that happens yeah 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 I can tell I you don't want to go too deep on this. So no, no, Leslie, you you just remind me that it's Tuesday on Friday. So yeah, all right. So um, Villarreal versus Atalanta. Um, yeah, this is this is uh, an interesting one, I think, because um, I think both teams are actually surprising me at, at how they're underperforming, uh, in particular in the case of Villarreal team that we're used to seeing more uh, on a weekly basis, at least I am, uh, as as opposed to Atalanta. But, you know, you're talking about uh, a European champion. Uh, You're talking about uh, a club that just, or a team that just lost out in the Super Cup against Chelsea on penalties. And it seems ever since then that things have sort of taken a a, a turn for the worse for this team that uh, are just not on a good streak right now. Uh, coming off of uh, you know several 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 draws uh, against uh, Granada, I believe it was Espanol and, and Leti, of course. Um, but uh, a team that I think we're all expecting from. Um, they're about mid-table in La Liga now, and uh, no wins. I mean that's that's the big thing. No wins for Villarreal. 
and they're going to face an Atalanta side as well that uh, is not the Atalanta that we're used to talking about um, over these past few seasons. So, you know, what to expect? I think if you're uh, a Real fan, you have to kind of, uh, you know, take this game to uh, for what it is and, and it potentially being a trampoline to finally get your, your season uh, uh off to or, or you know kickstart your season and, and and get a win in um you know because um uh, these the, the italian team i think uh, uh, usually an ultra offensive team is 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 right for the 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 picking you know they're vulnerable right now but uh, that is that is not straight away too far from philosophy um, so uh, Gerard Moreno and company, uh, you know, led by Danny Parejo, of course, uh, need to need to take away uh, good sensations, and if they and if possible, uh, a win as well, of course, uh, from this this uh, this game. I I actually like um, I like Villarreal ceiling in big games like this, and I and I think. Um, and I think despite their struggles in the league, I feel like in a game like this, they can, they can kind of elevate and, and do something different. And I've been, I have watched Atalanta actually hmm. over the weekend. Cause I was watching them just by chance because they were playing against Fiorentina where Odriozola made his debut for, for them. So I was tracking his performance in that game. And I can tell you that like, like you rightfully said, this is not the same Atlanta we grew up with or grew up with. That's that's strong. That like in the last two, three years rather that we've seen um, under Gasparini. Um, and quite frankly, even last year, it was not the same Atlanta team. Um, they were able to cope with losing Papa Gomez because their scheme has been really good. But even still, they're, they struggle defensively as they always have. They play that high line. And also mm-hmm. Murillo is injured or Muriel is injured rather who has been an important goal scorer for them. And Ilicic isn't playing as well he used to. And it's a lot of this is on, on Zapata, and he's kind of alone. And Fiorentina are not that great of a defensive team. And yeah. Atlanta really couldn't take advantage of them. They made defensive mistakes as well. But one of the things that I'm curious about is um, how Emery will approach this, because I don't think Perejo is back yet. And I think he is. Is he? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if he is... for this. Okay, if that's the case, I didn't know that. If that's the case, that changes a lot. Because one of the things I was going to say is Emery likes to have control of the game. He likes to impose his style of play. But at the same time, he's a pretty conservative manager. So if he doesn't feel like he can do that in a given game, he will play a little bit more compact and counterattacking, uh, a counterattacking scheme. Because without Parejo, it's also more difficult to impose your control and have that kind of possession style game. So if you're going to play a little bit deeper and more compact, you can actually take advantage of this Atlanta team um, in that sense. And I think it'll be easier to break them down that way. I'm just curious to see how that's approached. And if Parejo is playing, then that's that's a huge game changer because I, I honestly thought he was still injured. Um, and if he does, if he does play, I guess it remains to be seen what kind of what version of him we see and stuff like that. But you know, um, so that that's an interesting one. I, I think it I think we I'm gonna predict Villarreal come away with that one. Um well, they need it with a win. Yeah. They, yeah, they need it. They need it. Um, and I think in particular, that's why I mentioned the name of Parejo, knowing just how uh, instrumental and, and, and a, what a pivotal role as such a key player uh, he is to this team. 
um, you know, with his return, obviously, uh, I would imagine, uh, uh, you know, the entire midfield and, of course, front line just operating a lot better uh, from, uh, you know, the, the link up between Dani and, and uh, Gerard Moreno. Um, but as well, Trigueros and, and, and the other midfielders coming into their form. I think Pau in the back is, you know, remains... Uh, uh sort of their their you know leader in 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 defense um but um you know you need of course also somebody to dictate the uh the pace and the offense of the team and i think really that's where danny parejo makes his mark uh on this on, on the squad tomorrow's games bro couple mm. bangers there as well so Madrid against inter milan yeah. and yeah. This is not the same Inter team of last season. Mind you, in Europe, actually, Inter struggled last season as well, but they figured it out, and domestically, they, they obviously won the league, but they, they had so many layers of paint taken off that team, from Lukaku to Ashraf to Conte, and right now, they have Dzeko and Lautaro up front, and I've been watching them here and there. The last couple of games, they've struggled, and here's what I'm worried about from a Real Madrid perspective. Our left-back situation, no es bueno. Marcelo injured. Uh, Alaba made the matchday squad. I don't know if he's going to play. Hopefully he will. If he does, obviously that changes a lot, but even he leaves space behind him. Mendy's uh, fitness struggles um, are, are starting to get a little bit better documented. He hasn't played since last season. He got a relapse again yesterday. And Inter are a team that can find those runs in behind the wingbacks. That's what they've done. And that's something I've noticed them in them this season from what I've seen. Um, so if Miguel Gutierrez plays there, or even if Alba plays there, you're going to need just better positioning to cover for them. Cause I think Inter are really good at hitting that ball down the flank. That's what I'm worried about. Not the same Inter team, but a different and still can do damage against you. Um, how are you feeling about that one? Obviously, your feeling is you want Inter to win and all that stuff. But, you know, do you have any Yeah, no, look, I, I think clearly I want Inter to win. But, um, you know, uh, when, I mean, when was the last time that Inter won Inter Milan ever beat Real Madrid? Um, you know, I think we need to go very, very far back to even remember when uh, Inter managed to... Uh, beat Madrid because uh, lost uh, for the the last five times, excuse me, that they played uh, Real Madrid and uh, just seeing the way that Real Madrid is hitting their form, hitting their stride already so early into the season um, with, uh, you know, Angelotti really making this team click. Uh, It was an incredible performance against Celta over the weekend, a game that... uh, I, uh, funny enough, enjoyed watching despite, um, you know, obviously Madrid coming out uh, the, the, the winning team. Uh, it was a good game. It was a very good game where I think Celta gave it all they had and Madrid on the hand simply outpaced them and outscored them, um, showing that they were the better side. And, and I think that's what we're going to see tomorrow as well in, in the San Siro. I don't see how Inter can compete with uh that's you know firing from cylinders um the way they have been uh, of late and they're just a better team and in better form um so i think it's going to be a comfortable win for madrid over in milan 
um, you know, uh, a, a more experienced coach as well than Angelotti facing Inzaghi that uh, has got a, you know, a, a, an uphill battle. He talked about all the key players that uh, left, in particular Lukaku, of course. Um, and I don't know Inzaghi well enough as a manager to say comfortably or confidently rather uh, that he would be able to put up a fight against a much more savvy and experienced manager in Angelotti that uh, so quickly uh, seems to have put the pieces of the puzzle together for Madrid and uh, made them into at least you know a very solid and competitive team so easy victory comfortably for Madrid tomorrow. To answer your question, when was the last time Inter beat Real Madrid? I don't know if this is actually the last time, but it feels like it would be the last time. But one of the first Champions League games I ever watched as a kid was Real Madrid versus Inter in 1998. Um, they beat us 3-1 in the group stages. We were in the same group as them. And that was when Roberto Baggio scored two late goals against us. And that was when Sadov was still with us before moving to Inter. And, uh, and that was like, you know, we, you and I love talking about 90s nostalgia and Sean Kemp and those guys. And uh, this that Inter team was had that feeling to me where it was um, they had Zamorano and Ronaldo Nazario up top. And um, and obviously Roberto Baggio a little bit later in his career, but still there and still at a pretty high level. And Javier Zanetti, Jor Kayef, um, who is a FIFA 98 uh, legend um yeah and so I, I think that may have been last time i should maybe i'll double check that but certainly like you know we we were pretty comfortable against them last season as well in the champions league and that was yeah. that was under conte and obviously just a different circumstance but i'm curious to know i'm curious to see if inter can exploit Madrid's wing back situation right now and obviously we have defensive issues that's not one thing that you haven't touched on much but defensively this team is still pretty frail so uh, we've been good enough offensively that we've been able to compensate for that, which is a Ram just feet, dream fan dream, to be honest, just be ability to outscore your opponent and be, and outmask your defensive deficiencies this is basically how we won like every Champions League title ever. So this is, this is good for us. It's more entertaining than it, than it has been in previous years. So, yeah, I mean, and, and, and plus, you know, if you have a player like Luka Modric, a 36-year-old midfielder that is looking uh, if he's, you know, in his peak, in his mid-20s, um, you got to be feeling pretty confident and, uh, about your chances of beating uh, an Inter side that is going to be depending on on who? On on, on Zeko, a 35-year-old, you know, striker Lo- that's made been pretty his, good, to be fair. Barella is good. Darmian is a pretty good... Uh, from what I've seen on the right back, but um, you got to be, you got to be liking Cruz. your chance. Don't forget about that. We don't have Cruz either. Mm. Yeah. Who is the, who's the greatest center midfielder of all time. And is just fantastic. And also comes from an incredible nation. So <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about uh, uh, another banger tomorrow. And then after this one, we can probably wrap it up. Atletico versus Porto. Mm. Uh, we haven't talked about the league, but obviously this was the controversial, I thought they were coming off that controversial 99th minute winner against Espanol, which probably Barca fans really enjoyed, to be honest, but um, Espanol fans certainly did not. And 
I don't know. There's a lot of controversy on how much injury time was added and stuff. Yeah. I've also seen reports on like, if you did the whole stop clock thing, it actually does add up and 10 minutes does add up. So I, I don't know if that's true or not, but either way, it was a, it was a late winner and Atletico. I saw a lot of questions about this Atletico team. And I don't really know much about Porto to know, to kind of preview that from mm. a tactical perspective, but I can give my Atletico thoughts in that Simeone has this challenge of with all these attacking signings to fit these guys in and play a certain brand of football. Um, and they struggle to hold possession and break Espanol's low block, especially in that first half. And I, you know, with your Griezmann's, your Jao Felix's, to me, like the problem, to to a large extent, their most important attacking players will be the Carrascos, the Correas, and the and the Llorentes, because those are the ones who are going to be dribbling through players and and breaking lines and being a little bit more unpredictable with that stuff. And and so while they have, which is to be honest, it's a nice balance to have both the Griezmann, Jao Felix type players plus those dribblers. But it is a challenge still to fit those in and and be able to break down d- defensive teams who now know that Atletico are not necessarily going to be a counter-attacking team all the time. And they, and I'll be curious to know Porto, how Porto approaches, not only how much contacts on them, but that that's another fascinating one. And Atletico are just a fascinating team for, for a lot of reasons. Yeah, it, it's true. I mean, look, uh, they are still a, a side, they are still a side that is, um, I guess, adjusting and getting used to having uh, their, star player return um a Griezmann that was invisible I think it, it looked like the Barca Griezmann that was out there um against Espanyol they also show a lot more defensive uh, I think vulnerability so far they've managed to score seven goals but uh conceding four which is not something that we're necessarily used to uh, from um a, a, a Cholo Simeone side and I think you know, already early on, the the questions are starting to be asked. Well, who is going to be that team leader? Who's going to be the guy for Cholo that is going to you know grind out the matches when when the going gets tough and 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 you know rally the team together? Um, and right now, I would put my money on on Correa. You know, I, I think Correa, uh, besides being uh, I think their their main goal scorer, top goal scorer at the moment. I, I might be wrong with that, but he kind of yeah, seems is. like the the cholo go to guy. He is there, okay. Uh, the the cholo go to guy to you know, um, I guess to, to get this team out of uh, hot water uh, when 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 need be. Um, and I, the other big question I have is where does Griezmann fit in at this point? Will we see him in the starting eleven tomorrow, or not? You know, are we going to see a Griezmann that we did in his initial season uh, when he came to Atleti, or are we going to see a continuation of Griezmann that we saw over at Barca? Uh, because despite the Griezmann that we saw with France over the international break, uh, a very good Griezmann, probably you know, in, in his best form. That certainly wasn't the case over the weekend. And, um, you know, he's got a, a big challenge ahead of him trying to, uh, I guess, adapt his system and, and to, to, to get the best out of uh, Antoine. But, 
there right now you know i think i think it's i think your assessment or, or rather your doubts about this team are well placed and fair because uh, they're they're showing some frailty they're they're not playing like league champions at the moment um you know you don't sense the fear factor neither in the opponents uh and like you said they needed 10 minutes you know to to grind out the win against uh espanol uh a recently uh, promoted espanol side so yeah plenty plenty of things still to work on the table to do there for for cholo yeah it's a it's a challenge now like they don't the fact that they don't necessarily look like quote unquote league champions right now is not something that probably bothers them or anything they care about from an aesthetic football perspective because you know in in years past it's one nils currently it's two ones that they're they're winning and i don't really care i don't think that they care much how it looks but they will care about like just making it work ultimately and um yeah i mean my my personal belief or fetish or whatever you want to call it when it comes to football philosophy is like how can we fit the best attacking players in the team because that's just the most fun that yeah. I have. Like, and if we can fit Griezmann and Llorente and, and Zhao together and Carrasco and like it's in Suarez, it's, it's, it's hard to do, but if you can make it work, it's just more fun to do it that way. Um, and also how can you unlock the Griezmann of France who just look unstoppable over the international break? Um, it's hard to do. It's hard to do, um, especially the way Atletico play and also especially the way teams defend in La Liga. So uh, yeah, I will say that that I think it's very important for for Atletico to get a win against Porto tonight or tomorrow rather. Um, you know, seeing as they'll have to face Liverpool next, so this this is a big one for them to get those three points. Yeah, at home. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you uh, maybe you should go clean up your kitchen after what? Yeah. Right. Can you there? hear all that? Yeah. God. Uh, yeah, dude. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, well, there's still. No, it's, we're, it, we're, we're, we're glancing over uh, Sevilla Salzburg here. Uh, oh, my God. But uh, no, just uh, on, on that topic, well, excuse me, while I uh, scream over to uh, the person making all that. Good. Thank you. Um, I this is going to be this is going to be we dropped the ball on the Sevilla thing. I, I can't even. This is this this one is of my be a big moments. one for. This is going to be a big one for Sevilla. I don't I don't think uh, I'll tell you what my money's on Salzburg. From what I've seen from Salzburg, um, you know they beat Atletico over in the preseason. They beat Barca as well. Uh, they were a team uh, that just seemed so fit and so in form. Um, I think they are playing in a Sanchez Pijuan, however, which which does change yeah. the matter because at home. Uh, they they were very fierce side with, with very passionate fans, but um, they're just a team that's used to winning, winning all of the time. Uh, they, I think they're they've they've got a lot of confidence as well uh, now after having faced the Spanish champion and a side like Barça and having uh, somewhat comfortably beaten both. So why not beat Sevilla as well? I think that's how they're probably uh, approaching this match. And for Sevilla, this one will be, yeah, I think a, a bigger test than, than people might think. Thank you for that. And thank you for remembering that, um, that Sevilla exists. I'm sorry. 
uh, I have nothing to add on top of that analysis. So you and I will be back on Friday. That's the plan, right? We'll recap yeah. all these Champions League games and wish you the best tonight. Um, hopefully you guys get some kind of moral victory. I'm sure it actually, it'll, these things tend to have, tend to go much better than we anticipate and it'll probably be much more even than we think. So uh, good luck tonight. I'll, I'll finish what Kuna Wero, with what Kuna Wero said in a recent interview. He said, Ojito con este Barça. He said, be careful with this Barça. He talked mm -hmm. about all the pressure being off, uh, the fact that a lot of players will be uh, eager to prove themselves. So, and he said as well, look, on, on, on paper, this squad has got a lot of talent. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe uh, they will surprise us. Um, certainly they have midfielders who can control the game, um, which is much needed against Bayern. And certainly you have an attacking presence in Memphis that can, that can also hurt them defensively. So yeah, maybe it won't be so bad. Um, all right, Diego, this was fun. Thank you so much, Goodbye, my friend. Buddy. Appreciate it. And we'll talk soon. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.